Well, hello there. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to Through the Wealth Lens. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and in just a moment, I'll be joined by my right-hand man, the star of our show, Hannes Grasher, International Private Wealth Advisor with UBS. And we're going to be diving into another wealth management-related topic, as we do. That's our standard uh, operating procedure here on the show. Uh, and boy, do we have a good topic lined up for you guys today. Hannes and I are going to be unpacking a topic that's really prevalent for a lot of business owners. And here's why. I, I want to frame things up uh, before we get rocking and rolling on the show today. Look, if you're a business owner who decides to sell or just simply transition the ownership of that business, do you know what your next move will be? This is a big, big question that faces a lot of business owners in today's day and age. For some entrepreneurs, they might want to stay a part of the business world uh, that they know so well, that they're so comfortable in. And becoming an independent consultant can, can be a new and fun and exciting stage in their entrepreneurial lives. So today, Hannes and I are going to be addressing some of the key issues involved in this transition process from being a business owner to being a business consultant. But first and foremost, let's go ahead and say hi to the man of the hour. Hannes, it's good to see you today. How are you doing? Hey, Ryan. Great to see you again. Yeah, always good when we get together, Hannes. We've got a big topic that we're going to take a bite out of today. Uh, we're talking about these entrepreneurs who, after selling their companies or, or move on from their companies, they want to stay involved in the business world by being consultants to other firms or businesses, shall we say. Is this a trend that you're seeing uh, really growing among business owners in today's day and age? It's a possibility that more entrepreneurs and former entrepreneurs are considering these days, I think. I mean, the baby boomer generation, they own something like 2.3 million small businesses in the United States. And while many of them will sell or eventually sell, it doesn't mean that they're going to disengage fully from a world where they spend so much of their lives. And, you know, entrepreneurs are driven. They're passionate people. Many want to keep making an impact. In addition, it's become more and more obvious that it's important to stay active during what may very well be a lengthy retirement. Uh, in fact, research surveys have shown that over 70% of entrepreneurs are unhappy that they sold their business a year after the sale. That percentage goes way down when they have planned for the next chapter. So there are a lot of forces at play that make consulting an interesting option for some. No, that's great, Hannes. And I, I want to talk more about those motivating factors, right? Uh, what do retired business owners see as a beneficial outcome for becoming consultants rather than simply, you know, teeing the ball up, enjoying a round of golf every day and, and soaking in the classic retirement, if you will? Yeah, I mean, sure. You know, golf can get boring very, very, very fast if you're um, used to a really fast paced environment. And so let's take the idea of staying engaged after selling a business. I mean, so much has been written about retirees who stay physically and mentally active in meaningful pursuits. They may be both happier and better able to stave off cognitive decline. What's more, rising life expectancies mean that you may have a lot more time to fill up after you exit your business. Putting your lifetime's worth of skills and insights to work by advising other entrepreneurs can potentially help you keep your mental edge as you age. And there's also the desire to give back. Many former owners who had coaches, consultants, and mentors who helped them achieve big breakthrough and generate significant success are seeing how satisfying it can be to do the same for tomorrow's up-and-coming entrepreneurs. 
No, that's that's a really good point there, Hannes. And and my next question would be: Do you think consultancy as a whole is also a way to more smoothly, or rather, easily transition from being an owner of a company to just not being an owner at all? Which seems like it would be a tough switch to just go go cold turkey and not be involved in the business world at all. Do you find that that is a nice, you know, gradual transition, if you will? Absolutely, it is not uncommon for former entrepreneurs to not really know what to do in retirement that will make them happy or satisfied. They've spent so much time and of their, part of their lives doing one thing. And when that's gone, it can be very dispiriting. And just because you don't own your business anymore doesn't mean you've lost your entrepreneurial spirit. The need to build and create may be a key trait of who you are as a person. If so, consulting can allow you to help others build something of value and further the promise of entrepreneurship without the burden of being responsible for calling all the shots. Sure, sure. That burden of responsibility can be a daunting one at times, especially as you're you're on your way towards a retirement. You know, you want less of that, right? But Hannes, I, I want to get a little deeper into this process now. What types of consulting opportunities as a whole should retired or soon-to-be retired individuals or entrepreneurs uh, be considering or at least aware of? Yeah, sure. I mean, it certainly never feels like there is a shortage of businesses, both large and small, that need guidance, right? I mean, obviously, different industries may have a greater need for certain types of consultants over others. But overall, opportunities tend to abound given the many challenges businesses must address. Some of the more popular types of consulting options include the following. Sales. You might help develop a firm's sales processes identify ways to increase sales and train sales reps, or strategy. You help optimize a company's vision and direction and work with executive clients to develop business plans. Operations, you might be involved in identifying improvements to a company's operational efficiencies and effectiveness. And then also marketing, um, help develop promotional strategies to increase brand awareness. The list goes on and on, maybe accounting where you help assess a firm's financials to create sound financial strategies, or helping assess and improve a firm's use of technology for operations, marketing, sales, and security. Those are just some examples. No, these these are good examples, though. You know, especially in today's day and age, Hannes. Uh, but even though, as you say, entrepreneurs might be in high demand given their skill set, their years of operating a successful business. Would you say that these entrepreneurs, these business owners need to really have a plan for this transition and, and take certain action steps to make sure that they succeed in this, in this consulting gig? Yes. Um, I mean, as every entrepreneur, entrepreneur knows, failing to plan is planning to fail. And you definitely want to think through some key issues. For example, you need to identify your specific value to others. Even if you were the world's best business owner, chances are they were a handful of things you did exceptionally well that drove your success. Homing on those top skills, they'll be the ones you market and offer to other businesses. However, don't overlook, overlook the fun aspect. You want to enjoy the consulting work you do. And of course, you have to assess demand. Do businesses want and need the type of expertise you can offer to them? Chances are is a big yes. That said, the types of companies that need your particular type of consulting help may be in a different geographic location or maybe in different industries that, 
out of your former company. So you might need to look in unfamiliar areas and think creatively. No, that's a great point there, Hannes. One thing I want to also bring up is is the age-old adage of it's not what you know, it's who you know. So any advice here for these folks uh, in terms of making those important connections that can help them actually get the consulting gigs in the first place? Yeah, I mean, I, another business truism is to grab the low-hanging fruit, and, and that's the case here as well. Your entrepreneurial experience likely means you have an extensive list of business contacts you can reach out to right from the start. Don't ignore that list. You might offer your consulting services directly to them or seek referrals through them. Either way, existing trusted relationships can help you build the foundation of your new venture. That said, there are other resources that can help you thrive as an independent consultant. One way to stay sharp and up-to-date on consulting strategies is to join high-performance mastermind groups of current and former CEOs and entrepreneurs. These groups meet to address specific issues they face in their businesses. This makes mastermind groups a good source of potential new business, too. And, and Hannes, a, a big theme on this show, while, yes, we talk about strategies and solutions around these wealth management topics, it's also equally as important to, to analyze the mistakes or the pitfalls that can be made along the way when analyzing a given topic. So with today's topic being a consulting gig, are there any pitfalls or are there any risks that ex-business owners should be aware of as they go through this process of becoming a consultant? I mean, yes, as you know, there always is a downside, right? <laughs> Keep in mind that a post-sale and consulting career isn't automatically a cakewalk just because you're an accomplished entrepreneur, nor is consulting the right move for everyone. There are plenty of ways to stay engaged and give back, including volunteering, teaching, and joining an existing company as an employee or partner. If, however, consulting looks appealing, be sure you go into it clear-eyed. There are some important potential issues to consider. The first one is you're not in control. You're not the boss anymore. So when you're an entrepreneur, the final say in company matters is yours. And chances are you've gotten very used to that dynamic. As an independent consultant, you need to be prepared to have your ideas questioned, tested, and rejected by someone in the position you were once in. If you happen to consult for the new owners of your business, this could create considerable tension. And the second one I would say is that you may be viewed with suspicion, right? As someone being engaged to assess and improve a business, you may be treated as an outsider by, by the company staff and maybe even by some in management. In this new role, don't expect the people around you to ask how your weekend was, right? Or be, become your buddy. Um, finally, you can get overloaded quickly. As a successful former business owner, your services as a business consultant may be very much in demand, which means you could easily find yourself committed to a workload that looks very much like your days running a company. If you don't want your retirement career to echo your earlier one, be ready to say no. Now, this is great, Hannes. And, and Hannes, as we're starting to bring our episode here to a close, uh, any final advice, any final thoughts for entrepreneurs out there who might be interested in going down this road or any, any smart moves, really, they should be considering um, maybe that might not fully be appreciated or, or, uh, or as, as dwelled upon when it comes to this, this topic today? I would say to keep in mind that you shouldn't try to position yourself broadly as a consultant. Instead, really define your offering and get specific. For one example, 
What delivery model will you use to deliver your services to other companies? You might travel to your clients and do on-site service for an extended period of time. Or maybe you want to visit companies once per quarter. You might even go all virtual. Along the same lines, how much of the actual work do you want to do yourself versus giving clients guidance and letting them handle impl implementation? Your approach will depend on numerous factors, and one of those factors should be your own re retirement vision for yourself and your family. No, that's a, that's a great point, Hannes. A lot of good value here we've left on the table for the business owners out there that are considering this this you know, realm of consulting and what their life looks like beyond their business. It's, there's a lot to unpack within this topic. I think we did a nice job of touching on, on what this idea of taking on a consultancy gig looks like and, and how to, how to really approach it. But Hannes, for anybody out there that might still have some questions or, or would rather just appreciate a dialogue in terms of reaching out to you and your team and just getting their questions answered about this, what would be the best way they could uh, get in touch with you guys? And like I said, open up that dialogue. Uh, sure, Ryan. So they can call us directly and at 212-713-8952 or just send us an email at hannes.grasher at ubs.com. And, um, and we will respond. There's also a website um, where all the team's information is on there as well. So there are a number of ways they can reach us. Perfect, perfect. Well, Hannes, look, I know you're a busy man. You've got clients to serve, so I'll let you get back to to taking care of them, but I appreciate you being here and uh, jumping into this, this great topic here today. Thanks, Ryan. Good to see you again. Fantastic, Hannes. Well, look, we appreciate you carving some time out of your day to be with us. We also want to take one final moment and thank our audience for jumping aboard and being with us on the show here today. If you took anything away from the day's discussion, you benefited from learn, learning about this idea of, of a consultancy beyond you know the life of that business owner that maybe you once were, uh, and it intrigued you a little bit, well, go ahead and subscribe to the show then on whichever platform you checked us out on. That way you never miss out on another great conversation just like today's where Hannes and I unpack a different wealth management topic so that you and yours can look through that wealth lens and come out better for it on the other side. Before Hannes, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Through the Wealth Lens. This communication is intended to be used for educational purposes only and does not constitute a solicitation to purchase any security, insurance, or advisory service. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. An investment in any security involves significant risks, and any investment may lose value. Refer to all risk disclosures related to each security product carefully before investing. This commentary is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be officially those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated and the firm does not verify nor guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products and services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at ubs.com slash relationship summary.